Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. The goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. But seeing his faithfulness and his goodness makes a demand on us to expect that the next time. Amen. Mr. Nick wasn't looking at my notes, but the Holy Spirit was. He knew exactly where we were going. I started a couple weeks ago as we have continued to this journey, continued on this journey of life in the Spirit, living a life more aware, if you will, of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and the fact that you're a spirit making demand on spiritual things in spiritual places. And for too long, the church has reduced the gospel, the message, even our mission down to natural elements. But we need a church that is aware of its capacity um, and its mission, if you will, in the spirit and in the spirit realm. You were designed to do spiritual things. Say that with me. Say, I was designed to do spiritual things. Say, I was designed to do spiritual things. If I'm not producing in spiritual capacities, then I'm missing the mark on my assignment in this earth. It's more than just doing good things, and it's more just trying to be, more than just trying to be the the best I can and, and just you know, live this life to the fullest in a natural capacity. It's about understanding the mission for which the church was assigned and allowing God to do a work in me so he can do a work through me. I've told you this before, but Jesus came for the world, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. Jesus came for the world, but the Holy Spirit came for the church. The Holy Spirit's work is specifically associated and given to the church, the body of Christ, to empower it to accomplish its mission of bringing heaven to earth. To accomplish its mission of binding and loosing. The, to, to accomplish the mission of unveiling spiritual realities even in a natural planet. And so we've been journeying through this, and a couple of weeks ago uh, we began a, a element of understanding the difference between spirit versus feelings and how if we're not careful, feelings will get in the way and feelings are deceptive because sometimes feelings can seem like the spirit and sometimes the spirit can just seem like a feeling. And I think the church needs to be a little more proficient in this area of discerning between spirit and just feelings. By feelings, I mean 
the fivefold senses, the, the five senses. Uh, I also mean emotions, being led by just what we emotionally feel, being led by just a gut punch or in a, a, a reaction to something that maybe you have a connection to. We're seeing a lot of emotional responses today to different uh, charges and different things that are on the agenda in society and in culture. Anything from abortion to uh, uh, Black Lives Matter to, uh, you know, police forces, injustice to red or uh, uh, blue, left or right. There's a lot of emotionally charged and we need believers that can that can weed through all the emotion that is said in that and say, what is the spirit of God saying? Now, I do want to be clear. The soul realm was given to you by God. Emotions were given to you by God. And I am not criticizing or critiquing anyone that is, is giving themselves to the, the emotions in that sense. But what we, know, under, what we need to understand is emotions, our soul, can be led either by the spirit or by the flesh. So in essence, what I'm saying is, is we need a soul that is spirit-led, not flesh-led, flesh-driven. Is that just me or is that really what the Spirit of God says? A lot of things today that we call spirits are no more than feelings. But on the flip side, a lot of things that we call feelings are actually spirits. We saw a couple weeks ago um, in Timothy, Paul writes him and he says, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, fear in itself can be a feeling, yes, but he's identifying there. There's times where you need to know that's a spirit of fear. So if I'm trying to eradicate fear with natural resources, I'm going to fail because there's a spirit behind it. But I've given you a spirit of what? A spirit of power, spirit of love, a spirit of sound mind. Any one of those three could just be uh, simply reduced to a feeling of power, a feeling of love, a, a feeling of, of having it all together, of having a sound mind, being able to make sound. But he says, no, you need a spirit to counter a spirit. So we, we in these last days, we're going to have to be able to understand these differences. And in Numbers chapter 13 is a great story, sad story, but a great story. That helps us. You know, the Bible tells us that a lot of the Old Testament was written as markers for us so that we don't repeat. You know, any one of us, as dumb as you think these individuals were when they were blowing it and missing it and messing it all up, any one of us are doomed to repeat it. Come on now. And many of us do. Many of us are reading the Old Testament saying, I can't believe they'd never, I can't believe they wouldn't take this promise. And I can't believe they'd eat that tree. I can't believe he'd sleep with that woman. I can't believe they would, you know, puff themselves up and I can't believe they wouldn't rely on God. Yet we do it all the time. But he says, these are markers that you won't repeat what you have seen done in history. And so let's begin here with verse 25. We are coming out of the wilderness, and we are going into a promised land. And in a wilderness, we call God one thing, and in a promised land, we'll know him by a whole new name. We'll know him by a whole new relationship, but that's going to make a demand on us. When you get married and you receive a husband or a wife, you receive a spouse, there's a new demand that comes with a new relationship. New responsibility comes with new relationship. 
I said new responsibility comes with new relationship. It's one thing to know God as the miracle worker in the wilderness, but it's a whole other to know him as the one that's now empowered you to go out and win and overtake and, 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 and campaign victories on behalf of the king himself. It's different. But in verse 25, if you remember at the beginning of this chapter, God's word comes to Moses and says, send in spies into this promised land that I've been promising you. I've been talking to you about this for thousands of years. This isn't a new thing. This is something you've been believing for, looking for. I've been speaking to you about. I've been directing you and leading you. You've known, you've known that this day was coming, that a deliverer would come, get you up out of Egypt, redeem you from the hand of the Egyptians, out of slavery, out of bondage, brought you across the Red Sea, has done miracle after miracle in this wilderness to prove to you I'm for you, not against you. I will see you through. Now he brings them to the point of literally seeing with their eyes this promised land. Twelve spies. Go in, one from each tribe. And after exploring the land in verse 25 for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Here's something I need you to know right here off the top is whether you're led by feelings or whether you're led by the spirit, it always begins with the report. It's always going to begin with the report. The report is the report. The word is the word. Now, what I, one thing I love about God's word is it's not just God saying something, it's actually God doing something. Because he says, my word will not return to me void. It will what? Accomplish. It will fulfill an assignment. When God speaks, he doesn't speak to say a thing. He speaks to do a thing. He's trying to get something done. So the report's not up for debate. The report isn't up for debate. The word of God has never been up for, uh, you know, there's no vote. Whether I like it or not, whether I agree with it or not, whether it's comfortable or not, the report is the report. And so they come back with the report. And this was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And the Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. Those weren't just, you know, inhabitants of Canaan. Those were enemies of Israel. Those were not just, oh, there's people living there. No, it's people that don't like us. It's people that want to kill us. It's people that are not going to be welcoming to us. It's people that want uh, to keep their land at all costs. It's people uh, that have tried to take us out before and will surely try to take us out again. So they're not just lifting, li- you know, listing off inhabitants of Canaan. They're listing off their despised enemies. And you know what that would do to the people. It would instill something within them. 
Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Verse 30 says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people. We've got to get really good in these last days at quieting the wrong voices. I'm going to tell you right now, your victory, your overcoming, your winning is going to boil down to how well can you quiet the wrong voices. And I'm telling you, there's no shortage of wrong voices today. There's no shortage. We need a people. Man, if you read Proverbs, I mean, you, you ought to read it every single day. One, one of the key elements of that book that Solomon's trying to help us capture is inclining your ear to my sayings. Incline your ear to your father. Incline your ear. Listen to, give attention to, focus on, keep these words, hide them in your heart. I mean, he's just giving so much value, giving so much attention to God's word that words that oppose. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I mean, enemy's been doing this since day one. Confusion is the result of too many voices. You know why it was easy in the garden to not eat the fruit of the tree before the snake showed up? It's because there was no alternative. There was no option. That was the command. Until the command is challenged. And how well you focus your attention on the command will determine the result when the challenging voices come up. The only reason why today people are confused on absolute truths that the word outlines is because they're not giving enough attention to the word. And so other voices seem like decent options. He didn't say eat the fruit of the tree so you can disobey God and follow me. He said eat the fruit of the tree so you will be what? More like God, he can bring you a challenge in opposition to God's word and make it seem appealing to you, acceptable to you, justifiable to you. In these last days, we're going to have to be like Caleb and Joshua in this quiet the people, quiet the voices, quiet the opposition. Quiet the challenging of God's word. Quiet those that rise up in opposition. Because what will happen is, as we give ear to that, our feelings will follow. And we're going to see that here in a minute. We give, we give attention. You know, there, there's a little catchphrase today, and I understand the good in it. And I understand the intent for most people, and, and let's have the conversation. We need to have the conversation. But, guys, I'm telling you, there, there are going to be just some things in, in today's culture and society, they are not going to demand a, confrontation, uh, a, a conversation. They're going to demand a confrontation, a bold position saying, look, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm not moving off my word. I'm not here to just see it from your angle and from your perspective because the, the, it comes across sweet and it comes across, uh, let's, but you know what's funny is they never want to hear your angle. They don't want to hear your perspective. They don't want to hear your side. They're slowly trying to break you down to believe and come at it from their angle and at the very least be accepting of them doing it. 
And before you know it, we're falling into that trap, following, falling into that allowing, accepting, tolerating. Binding and loosing doesn't sound like tolerating to me. My kingdom come and my will be done, does not, I don't see where there's room in there for your and I's will to be done, our want to's. I don't see God yielding to us. I see man yielding to God. Amen. And so we, we've got to understand what the mission is. And at this point, Caleb and Joshua are not you know, I think it might be good to hear the other side. I mean, that, that was just my perspective. You know, I, I see a land we can conquer, but maybe I'm missing something. Maybe these other 10 guys, maybe they've got some, you know, maybe they got some wisdom for us to listen to. Maybe, maybe me and Joshua, we're just being a little too aggressive with this. <laughs> I don't see that. I see a quieting. I see a quieting. I, I see a, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. We can't tolerate that talk. We've got a mission. We can't tolerate that kind of talk. That, that's going to spread negativity. Have you ever noticed that people catch on to negativity faster than they do positivity? People will believe a doctor's report over their body faster than they believe the word of what the word says over their body. The work and the convincing that has to take place to convince someone of what God wants when the devil, his words are grabbed onto just like that. Easy. So Joshua and Caleb, Caleb in this instance, it says that he tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once. He's not saying let's talk and debate this thing. Let's take a vote. You've heard their side. You've heard our side. Let's discuss it. Let's come to the table. Let's have a conference. He's very clear. We better move now because I see where this thing's going. And you know what? That's what happened in Joshua too. Sometimes God will call you into things and he'll call you quickly because he doesn't want you consulting your feelings. He doesn't want you consulting Google. Come on now. He doesn't want you consulting Facebook. He doesn't want you calling 10 friends to get their consensus on what they think you should be doing about this decision. Come on. Let's go at once. We need some let's go at once, people. I don't need to take a list. I don't need to take a make a, a pros and cons list. I, I don't need to, to get a, a, you know, start a formal conversation or, or let's, let's have a forum about this and let's all engage. And sometimes God wants you to go at things when you're the only one that believes it's successful. Sometimes God wants you to step out and do things that he's called the whole group to regardless of what the group does. Sometimes he knows that people are going to doubt and people are going to disbelieve and people are going to unify and unbelief and fear, and, and you're going to have to step out anyways. And Caleb said, we need to go at once. If we keep having this conversation, we'll never make it in. Let's go at once. I think God's raising up a let's go at once generation in these last days. I think he's raising up some, man, I'm not having the conversation. I'm not even going to think about it. I, you know, we love, I'll pray about it. Actually, what you're doing is you're allowing your brain to try to line up with your spirit, but it's rather lining up with your flesh. 
You're just giving more convention, more space, and putting a religious spin on it. I, I'm, I'm praying about that, Pastor. You should have just said yes. I remember when Pastor Earl called my wife and I, uh, you know, and, and at, well, asked me. He didn't even ask her. He asked me, and we weren't even married yet. We were just, uh, I think we were engaged at that time. I don't think he put two dating people in a classroom with, with two- and three-year-old kids. We must have been engaged at least at that point. And he asked us, said, would you guys uh, want to lead our two- and three-year-old class? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, on the inside, I had no intention, no desire. And if I would have said, you know what, Pastor, let me pray about that. I can promise you. I don't even have to think about it. I can promise you I would have said no. Because my feelings would have talked me out of what the Spirit was trying to lead me into. I'll say that again. My feelings would have talked me out of what the Spirit was trying to lead me into. And I just said right there, I said, Pastor, yes, whatever you need. If that's where you need help, if that's where you, you need us, if that's where you, you see us being an asset to the ministry, yes. Sometimes we're spending time praying things. And God, how many times are we really praying? I mean, we might say that, but are you literally on your hands? Are you literally seeking the face of God? Are you literally seeking the Spirit? Or are we just trying to let the person know, I, I really want to make a right decision, but you're, you're just really just giving two or three days or a week, so your no feels like, so the person on the other end feels like you actually gave some thought and intention to it. I'm not accusing us of that, but, but I know in times in my life, I, I've done that. You know, I'll, I'll pray about that. And I knew when the words came out of my mouth, I had no intention to say yes. We dress it up. We need to let us go at once, generation. Father, I thank you. You're raising up. Uh, let us go at once. Come on, believe with me right now. Believe with me. You are raising up a church that will let us go at once. We're not here to consult our feelings. We're not here to, to consult the audience. We're not here to consult the company we're with either. Father, I thank you. We're going to have a let us go at once attitude to respond to your spirit and your word that is directing. And, and we're going to have a full reliance and trust in you. Not a, well, I'm just going to say yes and hope it works out. But say yes and know it will work out because we're following the leading of the spirit. You would not lead us into trouble. You would not lead us into torment. You would not lead us into failure. And although it might be a challenge and although there might be a battle, we will come out victorious in Jesus' name. We believe this tonight and we declare it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, let us go at once. Quiet the people. Let us go at once. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. Now, their disagreement, their disagreement is purely based in feeling. 100%. It is, it, there's only two options. It's either the word or it's how you feel in this passage. And their decision to disagree, not just with Caleb and Joshua, but with God's word that had been spoken for over a thousand years. If you think, you know, we, we, we like this, God, confirm your word. 
you know, tell someone to tell me. Give me a prophetic word. Show me in a vision. I can tell you right now, you can hear God's word as clear as day and still say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> huh? Thousands of years. This is what they've been waiting for. Now they actually get their eyes on it. And they're like, whoa, didn't realize I had all those people in there. Didn't say nothing about the Canaanites and the Jebusites and Malachites and the Hittites and the Termites and the Salites. And <laughs> they're all up in there, man. Didn't know you were going to answer a call to ministry and depression would be the first thing that hit you. Didn't know that you were going to make a decision to live for God and all your family was going to call you out as a hypocrite. Come on. You didn't know all that was coming with it. You thought, I'm going to answer God. Life with God must be great. Life with God's going to be awesome. Blessings are going to rain down from heaven. He's going to open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing on me. I don't have room enough to contain it. And then all trouble, all hell breaks loose along with it. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites and the Amalekites. The Amalekites were such a, a, a detestable enemy that later on in 1 Samuel, God told King Saul, wipe the whole nation out. Don't leave one of them alive. That's how, that's how angry I am with this generation, with that nation. Yeah. That's the wrath of God being poured out. And he's using the Israelites to go and take the land that belongs. This is God in heaven looking down on this land, Canaan land, promised land, and saying, Canaanites, you have no business being there. Jebusites, that doesn't belong to you. That's the Father in heaven looking down at someone playing with his kid's stuff saying, I didn't get that for you. What are you doing with that? Go in there and get that from them. This is what's happening. This is what's being played out. The Israelites were on assignment. They weren't going into the promised land to eat a bunch of milk and honey and, and, and just, you know, live this great free liberals. They were going in there on assignment. Take back what I gave to you. That doesn't belong to them. This is a mission, guys. They're spying out the land for a mission that God has sent them on. And they disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we. Mm. Feelings love to make assumptions. You ever notice that? They are stronger than we. Who said? How quickly you've forgotten that I actually just delivered you from probably the greatest nation on the planet at that time, Egypt. Egypt put all those other nations to shame. Egypt was the New York City. Egypt was where all the innovation was. Egypt was, 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 was and, and a lot of that was because of the Israelites, but the, the, the Egyptians had bound a people that were stronger than them, it says. You go to Exodus chapter 1. Pharaoh found out, well, wait a minute. If these guys figured out who they are and how bad they are, they're going to throw us under. They're going to take over. We got to get them under our thumb quick. And that's how they ended up in slavery in the first place. You know what kind of mental mind games the Egyptians had to play with the Israelites to get them reduced to that level? To build their cities? No, 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 no. 
So that's what, that's what happens when God delivers you from Egypt, but he can't get Egypt out of you. This is what happens when he can renew you geographically, but he can't renew you mentally. He can make you rich today and you'll spoil it because you didn't change it here. You didn't renew the mind. He can change your geographical status. He can change your natural presentation all day long, a thousand times all day long. But until you get your mind renewed to who you are and the perspective he's given and you quiet the voices, man, your feelings will rise up and they were used to feeling like slaves. And now conquering is the furthest thing from their mind. Winning, furthest thing from, they're they're afraid to even engage in the battle at this point. The only reason why you would say no to the assignment God has given you is because you don't feel like I can. Even though his word is greater than that. Even though his word is greater. Even though his word is grounded. His word is founded. It cannot be changed. What he has spoken over you. What he has said about you. So they disagreed. And so now their feelings. See, Caleb had to quiet the people because feelings like to talk. Don't they, don't they like to talk? You know, what I've, you know what I've noticed about feelings? Is feelings will attract whatever strengthens their position. I mean, when we were just worshiping and singing about the faithfulness of God and singing about the goodness of God, and I don't know the situations, I don't know, but I know the Spirit of the Lord told me, have those that are having a hard time seeing the faithfulness and goodness of God, have them raise their hands so someone could come alongside them. Why? Because when you are feeling sad, you don't want to lift your hands. Worship and praise is the last thing you want coming off of your lips. You ever notice that? When you're angry, the last thing you want to do is speak the promises of God. No, you want to speak unbelief. You want to speak doubt. I knew this was going to happen. This is what I get for trusting God. He's failed me yet again. Those are the, and man, mm, it feels good. When you're holding bitterness and offense towards someone, forgiveness is the last thing you want coming out of your mouth. It's almost like thinking of the words, I forgive you, just makes you want to vomit right where you are. You ever notice that? But anything that supports your feelings, man, you welcome it. You embrace it. Here's the other thing you welcome and embrace. People that sympathize with you. And if you're not careful, when you're motivated and led by your feelings such as these individuals, those that show up in your life to speak faith, to speak spirit-led words, to, to, to give you vision, and it's like, oh, I don't want to hear all that right now. You either get intimidated by them or you reject them altogether. I know I'm preaching good because y'all are quiet as can be right now. I've never heard the AC run so well in this room. You're either thinking about it or it's that gut punch on the inside. Yep, yep, because feelings, 
feelings will talk. Oh, feelings, they're, they're a great servant, but they are a horrible master. Yeah. Submit your feelings. Man, that soul, ah, man, the soul is such a tricky thing. The mind, the will, the emotions, such a tricky thing. Yet God gave it to us. And he tells us to conquer it, tells us to use it. But man, every now and then that soul wants to rise back up. That soul loves to have some skin in the game. That soul loves to, to, to come back and speak, you know, what it's feeling and, and what, what seems right. And this is the thing. Guys, probably 99% of the time, naturally speaking, your feelings are rational. They had every right. To be afraid of the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, and the Amorites. They had every right to feel overwhelmed going into the, naturally speaking. I'm not talking spiritually speaking. We already know what the word was, but naturally speaking. And this is the, this is the reconciliation that's so difficult to resolve. This is the crossroads is when my natural must give way to his supernatural. Just too many times as believers, we're waiting for the natural to align with the supernatural word God's given to us. Just too many times we, we, we believe God as long as I have enough money. We believe God as long as I have enough experience. We believe God as long as I have enough likes. We believe God as long as you give me the right influence. We believe God. Sometimes you step out. Here's the thing, guys. If you won't step, if you won't, Ah, it's in there. If you won't step out on a might be, you'll never discover what may be. What if? Well, what if they die, Pastor? Well, what if they live? Well, what if I fail? Well, what if you don't? Why do we always consult the negative side? What if I lay hands on them and they don't get healed? Well, what if they do? Come on, guys. What if? If you won't step out on what might be, you'll never discover what may be. And let me, let me go a step further. God's word is never a maybe. Paul, or I'm sorry, Peter, when he stepped out of that boat, Peter wasn't stepping out on water. He was stepping out on a word. Come. Come. Come out to me then. And the second that word came, come. That water turned into word. Turned into something that wasn't supposed to hold Peter up, but it sustained him until he got his eyes off of the water, off of the word, and onto the storms raging around him. It was his eyes. It was his feelings. It was his senses that betrayed him in that moment, and he began to sink, and even then Jesus saved him. 
Let's be a people that will let us go at once on a maybe. What might be. Is this good? Verse 32. So they spread. That's the next thing about feelings is they spread. You'll always find people to sympathize and accompany you along your feeling-led train of emotions. They're always there. You know how to find them. You know who they are. You know what time of night are you up? Yes, they are. (laughs) You know. You even know the right words to say. Because really on the inside, you want another voice to help you justify going the wrong direction. Yeah. It spreads like wildfire. You always be able to find people to come alongside you with your feelings. But when you find someone that will not, when you find someone that will say, let's put our feelings aside for a moment. What did God say? Keep them and keep them close. Even if it's just one. Do not let that person go. You don't know who your friends are until tragedy comes. You don't know who your friends are until opposition shows up. You don't even know who really cares about you until someone has the audacity to stand in your face and say, you said God gave you this word. Now I'm going to come alongside and I'm going to make sure you see it through to the end. And we're not going to listen to our feelings. And we're not going to listen to what the vocal people say. We're not going to listen to the majority. We're not going to listen to the doctors. We're not going to listen to the bankers. We're not going to consider all those. We're going to quiet the voices. And I'll come alongside you and quiet the voices together. I'll hold you accountable. What are you listening to? What are you surrounding yourself? What are you giving yourself to? Who are the voices you're letting in? And I will hold you accountable so we can see this miracle come to pass in your life. Those are the people you want in your corner. People that want to just tell you what you want to hear. Come on. They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. Feelings see what they want to see. Feelings see what they want to see. Again, they're only giving this report because of their personal fear. That's why us as leaders, it's very important that I don't use my platform to motivate you in a direction that I feel. I have to use my platform to motivate you in the direction of what God says. This is a misuse of influence. This is a misuse and an abuse of leadership capacity. Because they're allowing this opportunity as one of the chosen spies to go in and see the land, to now give them a potential voice to mislead an entire company of people. 
to side with their thought, to side with their feeling. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. In essence, when we are led by our feelings, we typically create what we want rather than what God wants. When we are led by our feelings, we typically create what we want rather than what God wants. You can put it this way. Feelings will always lead you to self-sufficiency. Feelings will remove God from the equation and make you God. And that feels good. Feels good because I'm in charge. Feels good because I'm making the decision. And you might call it humility. Oh, no, I, I can't go into that. No, that's called false humility. The devil has tricked you, sold you a bill of good, and he's called it humility when it's actually insecurity. And it's actually a form of rebellion to disagree with God, even if in the natural it doesn't look possible. This is rebellion. They're not just disagreeing with Joshua and Caleb. They're disagreeing with the word of God to go in and take this territory. That wasn't up for debate. That wasn't up for their consultation. That wasn't up for as long as we get the majority. That wasn't up for, well, we've got 10 out of, out of 12. Uh, you guys win. I guess this land isn't yours. No, it was substantiated when God spoke it to Abraham thousands of years ago. You will re-inhabit this land, and I will deliver my people out of Egypt, and they will be the ones to take it. And I will have a, gen a nation, and I will have a generation, and I will have my people inhabiting my land that I have set aside. I will have that. And if you won't participate, get out of the way, and I'll raise up a generation that will. That's God's word. So this is rebellion. You can find it in Numbers chapter 14. God tells Moses, these people have rebelled against me. See, many times uh, uh, we, we think a lack of faith is just, well, I just couldn't get there. A lot of times it's just straight up rebellion not to believe God at his word. That might sound hard, but that ought to just challenge us to say, you know, I just need to believe God. Regardless of what the natural tells me. You'll always find facts to substantiate your feelings. You always will. Many believers have never practiced denying their feelings. But that's an art we ought to become very accustomed. You should just get used to it. Go on a fast. You'll get there quick. We need a people that will just deny their flesh every now and then. Just remind your flesh, you're not in charge. And missing a meal is a great way to find out who's in charge. Deleting an app on your phone that has a blue icon with a big F on it would be a great way to find out who's in charge. Come on. Setting your alarm clock an hour early, you'll find out who's in charge real quick. 
reducing your contact list. You'll find out who's in charge real quick. Come on. We need a people that's proficient in denying the flesh. Oh, that sounds so hard, so burdensome. No, it's, it's blessing. It's blessing. Because life in the spirit is so much greater than life in the flesh. I promise you. That might be hard to believe me right now, but I promise you if you'll just do it, just deny your flesh. Deny what your feelings are saying. Deny what the facts are proving. Deny what the world is, but the majority is running with. Just, just go against the grain for once in your life. Just be countercultural. Just think differently. Just think against. What, if all the world is agreeing on it, that ought to be a good indication where we ought to be as a church anyways, guys. A let us go at once generation, it's going to take some denying of the flesh going to take some denying of the feelings. If God's not consulting your feelings, then why are we? Many believers are much more proficient in denying the word than they are in denying their feelings. Your feelings are used to getting what they want. Your feelings will never be satisfied, but they always demand the demand is great, but the satisf- satisf- satisfaction is low. Your feelings will demand, be satisfied for a moment, and it'll take another demand to keep that feeling going. But let's be followers of the Spirit of God. You knew Him as Lord in the wilderness, but He wants to show you a whole new side of Him a husband, a protector, a guard, a one that goes before you, one that stands beside you, one that supports you. Father, I thank you tonight. You're leading us into seasons. You're leading us into areas that although they require battle and although they, they require conflict, that means that they, overcome, that they will require overcoming. For it is a battle that makes way for victory. It's conflict that makes way for coming out as the victor. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.